welcome back to the We Know Fantasy podcast. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and today we have a very special show for you guys. Joining me today is Steve Pintado. Coach Steve, how are we doing today, my man? Oh, we're doing good, Nate. Um, you know, first first podcast of the season, uh, the new season, I guess, the 2020 season, and I'm excited to be talking football today. It's 2021, Stephen. 2021. 2020, man. Oh, did I? 2021. Uh, I know that that year sucked, but we're out of that year. So, uh, yeah, 2021 here. Also joining me today is Meg. Meg, how are we? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, if you guys don't know, Meg made her uh, podcast debut, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago. So she's back to uh, talk some more fantasy football here with us. For you listen or yeah before you heard me speak you heard our new introduction song that is presented by headband with the a and the e switched around find them on instagram and soundcloud they can do anything and everything you need for uh some great podcast sounds remember throughout the season will and nick will bring you their dynasty and devy podcast their most recent one is out it's about a week ago it came out so make sure you check them out and visit our website we know fantasy.com for uh some more fantasy football as well as fantasy basketball and fantasy hockey content uh at this point in the season today we're going to talk the big trade that happened between the los angeles rams and of course the detroit lions that sent matthew stafford to los angeles and vice versa sent jared Goff to Detroit. We'll talk about their impact as well as the impact of players all around on the teams with their new quarterbacks. There's a, an alleged, not an alleged, a reported trade that is in the works, kind of, possibly. We'll talk about that one. Talk about some quarterback moves, and we'll give our Super Bowl prediction at the end of this podcast. As you listen to this, this should be coming out. Let's see if I can do my math correctly. Today's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, the what is that? The fifth, the fifth. So the Super Bowl is only two days away, three days away. So we'll discuss that as well. But let's kick it off here with Matthew Stafford's side of this trade. Of course, he went to Los Angeles, and uh, let's just start talking about Matthew Stafford in general before we break it down to uh, further players. Stephen, how do you think Matt Stafford will fare in his new look Los Angeles Rams offense? You know what? I really I, I like this trade for the Rams organization for when it comes to Matthew Stafford in terms of fantasy. I mean, yeah, it's good for him. He's going to get a, a, a way better offense around him. I would say, you know, a, a brilliant coaching mind in Sean McVay two pretty much all star or all pro uh, wide receivers right now. A solid tight end, a strong run game. You know, the sky's the limit for Matthew Stafford. Now, granted, if he can kind of stay healthy he's at that back issue that's kind of been bothering him over the years but he he's great and what he's going to do for this offense is going to be fantastic something that Jared Goff just couldn't do and that was you know getting the ball downfield wasn't something that Goff did a much of he Stafford did a lot of that last year and he was really good at throwing the, the downfield ball ball it was like top 14 in the league while Jared Goff was like 32nd so um Matthew Stafford going there uh, he makes us a pretty solid, uh, you know, high-end QB2 kind of individual for me. I mean, as long as he can stay healthy, this guy, he can do a lot of great work. Fantastic. Yeah, the deep ball really will change things there in Los Angeles and take the top off that offense. Like uh, Steven just said, has not been the case in the last uh, few years with Jared Goff. But Meg, last season, Stafford uh, threw for 4,084 yards, 26 touchdowns there. 96.3 quarterback rating that Detroit Lions offense that was uh it was actually pass heavy and you know most of the season he was without his number one receiver Kenny Galladay do you see an uptick in those numbers here with his move to Los Angeles I really do I think this is a fantastic move for the Rams you know not that the Lions didn't have weapons 
they just could not seem to figure out how to just get them all used and going um, at the same level. And I, I think that Coach McVay will do a really good job of of making the Rams a well-oiled machine. And, you know, even though Stafford's kind of up there age-wise, I really feel like he has a lot more to give. His arm strength has always been such a plus for him and I think that this is overall gonna just make everyone better and fantasy wise like Stafford will not only put up the same numbers or better numbers with the Rams but you're also gonna get better numbers with the receivers and the tight ends as well all right great now I have a statistical breakdown with some calculations I ran so try to follow along with me here make it confusing these numbers I'm gonna throw out but I'm going to try to make this as clear as possible with these calculations I do. You know, honestly, if you looked at my worksheet, you would think I'm some kind of crazed maniac with the numbers anywhere and everywhere. But I think uh, by the time I'm done with this explanation, it will make some sense. So last year, the Rams uh, ran 67.2 offensive plays per game and 55.75 of those were passing plays. So about 38 plays per game. So if we break down Matthew Stafford's 16 game uh, production from a year ago, we get a, 0.6 completions, 0.9 attempts, 6.8 yards, 0.03 touchdowns, and 0.02 interceptions per passing attempt. That's per play. So we take those numbers, we multiply that by the 38 passing plays the Rams ran a year ago because, of course, Sean McVay is still there. It is the same offense we'll see. We get 385 uh, completions, 574 attempts, 4,107 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. That's 228 fantasy points on passing alone. That does not account for two-point versions, rushing, or anything of that nature. Like I said, Stafford was without Kenny Galladay a year ago. In those four games, Galladay did play, though, with Matthew Stafford. Galladay saw 35% of Stafford's targets, 50% of his completions, 33% of his yards, and 21% of his touchdowns. Take those numbers, split those in half, because Galladay's replacement was a half, if not a third, of the talent that he was. But we'll go with half in the sake of this uh, statistical breakdown I have here for you. So we add these differential numbers and multiply them by Stafford's stats from a year ago. We get a difference of 65 attempts, 41 completions, 652 yards, and two touchdowns. So that brings a stat line to 435 for 593, 4,604 yards, 22 touchdowns. Now take that, divide by the 39 pass plays per game that the Lions ran last year because they were much more of a passing offense then re-multiply that by the 38 attempts per game that the Rams played a year ago. Final stat line here, 4,486 yards, 22 touchdowns. So you get a final line of 247 fantasy points on passing alone. Does that make sense to you guys? No? Okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> a lot of numbers. What I'm trying to say here is that we'll see an uptick in Matthew Stafford, and that is a uh, actual statistical line that I produced through a bunch of calculations that I don't even know if made sense myself, but yeah, uh, 4,500 yards, 22 touchdowns. I think that touchdown number will go up, uh, last year, of course, without Galladay and the likes of that, his, his touchdowns were down. So it's hard to go off that, but I think I'm going with you guys. I think Matthew Stafford has a better season and therefore the likes of the receivers and Titans will do well, do better as well. And speaking of that, Robert Woods, uh, is one here, Los Angeles Rams, number one receiver from a year ago. Meg, I know you said that you think these guys will, will do better uh, with Stafford. Is that just per volume, per deep ball? Why, why do you say that? Um, Mainly probably because of the deep ball. Uh, like Steven said, Goff could not get it downfield very well, and Stafford's probably has one of the strongest arms in the NFL, especially for his age. And so I, I think deep balls uh, 
will really kind of bring up the fantasy points for everybody. And just probably, you know, the coaching staff having actually having confidence in their quarterback. You know, I don't think they really knew how to feel about golf the past year. And so I think that the volume probably could go up as well. But I was really thinking mainly for, you know, like downfield plays. Steven, would specifically... Uh, what do you think the value value is? Is it an increase, a decrease, and, and why? You know, the biggest decrease to me, it might be Cooper Cup, slightly. Uh, you know, I love the kid. He's a great talent. Uh, he had a strong connection with J.R. Goff. Uh, it was, like, unreal. But that's kind of what Cooper Cup's game was. It was kind of the short passes and what he could do with, and make the most out of it. And that's kind of what J.R. Goff felt comfortable doing, throwing the ball short near the line of scrimmage, nothing too far deep, which we kind of mentioned already. So with Matthew Stafford, he's a guy who can air it downfield. We've seen it with time and time again with Calvin Johnson, Marvin, Kenny Galladay. I mean, we've seen him throw the ball deep, which I think that kind of relates to more of that Bob Woods play to him just slightly. And, and that's kind of why I like Bob Woods so much more now with a guy like Matthew Stafford, because he's going to take, I think, another step. I mean, you just saw too many times when he had, you know, five or six catches for like 40 yards. I mean, it just was so many short passes. It just it kind of like devalued him this year, which... A lot of people were high on him coming into the season and Cooper Cup. I just think he, you know, he's going to see someone similar to what he had this year. I, I just don't see his value really shooting up with a guy like Matthew Stafford, who will probably end up airing the ball downfield to a guy like Bob Woods, maybe Tyler Higby, and possibly even uh, Van Jefferson, uh, the rookie this past year. Yeah, I have to agree with you guys, <clears throat> except that I think Cup actually gets a boost here. Speaking of Robert Woods, though, he accounted for 33, 33% of golf's targets last year, 60% of his completions. 20% of his yards and 35% of his touchdowns. So if you use those numbers against Stafford's projected line we produced there, that's uh, 92 receptions, 1,031 yards, and eight touchdowns. Play him as a wide receiver 14 on the season, which is where he finished this year anyhow. So I think his value remains the same. There is some over-the-top help uh, that will help as we discussed previously. But Cooper Cup here, he accounted for 36% of golf's targets last year, 70% of completions, 25% of yards, and 50% of touchdowns. <clears throat> so if you use that line, that's 98 receptions, 11, 22 yards, and three touchdowns. So that's 228 fancy points, or wide receiver 18, where he finished wide receiver 26 a year ago. And that was a career low in touchdowns for Cup last year at three. There's no way he finishes with three. I think his other lowest amount was five his rookie year, and he's had uh, all, upwards of 10, I think, is his career high. So those touchdowns will definitely go high, uh, go higher. Uh, receiver speaking, I know we briefly mentioned tight ends. I think the tight end value remains the same as both Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff throw to the tight end similarly. Uh, Stafford threw to his tight ends 128 times last season as Jared Goff threw 126 times. So I think the value there uh, remains the same. Now, let's talk about Cam Akers, one of the hottest topics coming to this offseason as he bursted out onto the scene the latter part of the season. Uh, Steven, is there a is there an uptick, a downtick? Do you think Cam Akers is still an RB1? I would say so. Uh, I really like what this kid was doing at the end of the season here. I, I think... They need to know to keep the pressure off Matthew Stafford and, you know, so he doesn't get a possibility for a re-injury, uh, like I mentioned before. And just got to get a guy like Cam Akers out there to run the ball a little bit more, uh, I think, can help open up the passing game and open the open the ball downfield as they're trying to stop Cam Akers, who we saw at the end of the year come on really strong. And why they do that, get the play action going. And then you got a guy like Matthew Stafford who can add the ball downfield here and doing things like that, setting up that play action, I think will make Cam Akers just overall good value just because of his, you know, carries. And But will make Matthew Matthew Stafford probably have a nice 
couple deep balls that he can kind of connect with his wide receiver. All right, Meg, you feel the same? Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I think this is I think that having a strong running back is um, an advantage to Stafford. It'll it will take the pressure off of him and. You know, the Rams are going to have to kind of take his age and his health into consideration and protect him as much as they can. Um, so I think it's an advantage. It'll take the pressure off. And then, uh, yeah, having a good running back will allow Safford and their offense to do more because the defense won't just expect passing all the time. And, you know, again, with Detroit, it's it's like they had talented, they have talented running backs, but they just couldn't seem to really get the most out of them. So I think this is going to be really refreshing for Stafford and the Rams offense. Yeah, listen to this for Cam Akers' sake. Jared Goff threw to his running back 71 times last year. Matthew Stafford threw to his 106 times. 35 more targets that could be coming Akers' way as he is the clear-cut RB1 there. He'll get 70% plus of the uh, running back snaps next year in Los Angeles, no doubt about that. So this is a this is a Cam Akers and PPR formats that is a riser in my books. All right, the Stafford side of the trade is done. Let's move to the Detroit side with Jared Goff. Meg, do, you, do we see the same Jared Goff? Do we see a better Jared Goff, or is, is Jared Goff just a Jared Goff here in Detroit? I'm having a really hard time... Um seeing the positives in this uh I guess I didn't really know my true feelings for Jared Goff until this trade because I'm just really not that excited about it I honestly feel like it's a blah quarterback going to a blah team like no offense to Detroit but I just there's really nothing exciting about this if Goff does end up kind of having a little makeover and and does better and brings the lions up then i will admit that i was wrong but right now i just don't really see anything spectacular happening and think that both goff and detroit have a lot to prove all right steven where's your stance on the uh golf situation here in uh in detroit yeah golf really takes a dive for me down i mean he i think at this point he's you know a bottom half quarterback in terms of fantasy after probably being somewhat a, as a, around like the top 14 15 quarterback under that Rams offense here I mean for one we don't know who's going to be going to be throwing to we know TJ Hawkinson's there we all like the guy uh Cephas uh the rookie this past year but we don't know if Kenny G's coming back we know that Marvin Jones is likely not to come back so who are they going to have at wide receiver I think they have Geronimo Allison and I think that was about all the guys I think I can name off the top of my head right now so it doesn't bode well for him to be really successful. The only thing you could think of is if you're in a Superflex league as a QB2, you would assume that they're going to be behind in a lot of games and he's going to have to throw the ball a ton. That's the only thing I can really think of that would attract attract him there. But you've seen him over the last two seasons now. I mean, his first two years with McVay, I mean, he was 60 and 19 in terms of touchdowns and interceptions. And then he jumped these last two years to 42 and 29. His yards per attempt, his yards per completion just fell. The offenses have looked kind of just black with him kind of behind quarterback. And I just don't really see the value of drafting him, and, and especially in redrafts or right now. And it's just, it just not there for me. He just takes a big step down in my books. All right, so let's use the same calculations I did for Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff. Follow along here if you want. Uh, grab a pen and, pen and paper. It would be easier possibly. But the Lions ran 61.9 offensive plays uh, per game last season. 63% of those are passing plays, as Stephen mentioned, playing from behind a lot. Running back, the situation wasn't the best there. Swift did come on later part of the season. 
But yeah, playing from behind a lot there was a was a big factor of that. They were actually one of the top passing teams in the entire league last year. Uh, they do have a new head coach there, Dan Campbell, the former assistant of the, of Sean Payton there in New Orleans. So the difference between this Lions, what the Lions did last year and what the Saints did last year is 3.7 more offensive plays per game. Lions passed the ball 12.65% more than the Saints did last season. Like I said, the Lions were one of the most pass-happy teams in the league. So for this scenario, I'm going to present to you, let's split the difference to 1.85 more offensive plays and a swing of 6.235% to more run, less pass. So running these calculations gives us a new stat line for Jared Goff in Detroit under Dan Campbell. Uh, This is throwing the ball 37 times per game on average, 384 for 573, 4,104 yards and 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. This is his 220 uh, fantasy points on passing alone. A lot less than we predicted from Stafford. But this is a very similar line. We, we see Jared Goff year to year. Like you said there, the 21 touchdowns, the 14 interceptions projection here, that's not good. You don't want to see that big value dip there. And like Steven said, maybe your quarterback two in a super flex league, but you know he's out of the quarterback one situation in any format. Maybe... Maybe if you're in a 16 team and you wait on a quarterback and, you know, someone takes two quarterbacks before you possibly, but he's a, he's a 20 or later quarterback in my opinion. So we know that Kenny G may be, maybe out, maybe in who knows if I'm him, I'm leaving town, but let's for the scenario, assume that he's going to stay here. Okay. I'm a big time Kenny G fan. There's no doubt about that. Steven, if Kenny G stays in town, is there a difference between Matthew Stafford throwing the ball and Jared Goff throwing the ball? Oh, 100%. Like like we've mentioned multiple times now, it's about the deep ball. And Kenny G is a guy who can kind of get downfield and catch that deep ball here. Something that uh, Jared Goff, as we mentioned, just wasn't very good over the last two seasons now. Kind of regressed in terms of that and just hasn't looked the best. And again, there's a connection thing that's going to have to be worked out there. Um, you know, him possibly playing on a franchise tag, he could be upset. And him probably being the only wide receiver there, that's probably a big impact. I, I just really don't see him being anything more than a wide receiver to the next year. If he stays with Detroit here, he's definitely not a top three round redraft guy for me now. Uh, I just... It's just the, the ability of golf, getting him the ball. I just don't feel comfortable having that on my team consistently. Even though I love him as a talent, and I hope he goes somewhere else, but him staying in Detroit definitely hurts his overall value going into next season. Meg, where do you where do you fall on Kenny G here in a situation where he is the a wide receiver one in Detroit next year? Um, I agree with Stephen. I and it's not even it's not even about him, like. Personally, all the talent in the world, it really is about the quarterback that they just got. Uh, You know, Kenny G really, he gets us a lot of points with the deep ball. And Goff has proven that the deep ball is not really his strength whatsoever. And so I really don't see him staying in Detroit. And for his sake, since he's so talented, I would really love to see him go somewhere else where he can be utilized. But yeah, I think he's going to really, really drop in the ranks. Uh, I would say even... Uh, wide receiver three maybe and again that's not even a- anything against him it's just the quarterback not being able to to produce and and get him those deep balls all right i'm gonna disagree with both you guys here again i'm a big kenny g fan so i could be a little delusional here but i think he's a perfect buy low candidate right now because if he does stay in detroit People will see the Jared Goff situation uh want to dump him plus he only played four games of injury last year 
but I still think he's a wide receiver one. So like I previously mentioned, when I talk about Stafford, 35% of Stafford's targets last year were to Kenny Galladay. 50% of his completions, 33% of his yards, and 21% of his touchdowns. If we use those same numbers in golf's line that we made, this is a 86 reception, 1354 yards, and four touchdown um, game. And I a season, I apologize. And I can promise you he'll get a lot more than four touchdowns. That is because he only played two games, so those numbers are a little skewed there. But this would be a fantasy line of 245.5 fantasy points or the wide receiver 12. So he's flirting with wide receiver 10 numbers here. And this is with Jared Goff throwing the football in those uh, you know lower number projections we made. Again, go get yourself some Kenny G. You won't regret it. We highlighted briefly about TJ Hawkinson. I know Steven mentioned him there, here, there. But again, like I previously mentioned, I just feel like the tight end position will be the same between the two because they, they favor the tight ends uh, similarly. But here, DeAndre Swift, Meg, do you think he could be a RB1 in his time in Detroit now that he emerged, or is he still an RB, RB2, maybe RB3 in your books? That's a tough one. Uh, I could see him maybe kind of just being the same. Again, Like I, I feel like the Lions and Goff are both going to have a lot to prove. It's, it's kind of a tough call to make right now because I just, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I could see him maybe getting some more volume next year than he did this past year. So the volume might boost him up a little bit, but as of right now, I, I just kind of see him staying the same. And Steven, where do you, where do you lie with Swift? Well, I mean, I've had slip, uh, slip. I had Swift as a, as a sleeper candidate, obviously this year. And even with Jared Goff going there, I still see it as him as being a sleeper. And it's, Nothing to do with Jared Goff, per se. Uh, I just think they're going to run the ball and, and establish the run. I mean, you hire a guy like Anthony Lynn, who has made his name over the years of having strong run games, uh, getting a guy like Austin Eckler to a, a level where he can actually be a starting running back. Uh, you look at that, and, and you bring him in with a guy like DeAndre Swift, who was electric and showed flashes throughout this entire season here. And uh, even with Jared Goff there, I mean, I think they're going to have to run the ball to keep the pressure off Jared Goff. And have him have some kind of an easier downfield throws when he makes them. I don't really see much of a change, I guess. I mean, I was high on him going into the 2021 season. I don't see him regressing because Jared Goff is sitting there. I don't see him going higher, but I have him as a pretty high guy going into the next year. Um, any concern with, you know, like I said previously, Goff threw 35 times less to his uh, running backs last season? Um, any concern there with the value being taken away because of the, you know, limited pass to the running backs? I definitely have Swift a little bit higher and like a half point or standardly compared to PPR in that case now. It's just because I still have Swift high because of his probably going to see most of the workload going into next year and it won't be a three-man committee. But yeah, it's definitely a little concerning. You might want to lower your expectation just slightly when it comes to PPR leagues, but in standard and half point, I still think he's relatively high. And someone who I'm like really targeting in that third and fourth round to be a, my RB2 or if you maybe you do the zero RB approach and you want to take a guy in the fourth round like Swift, he's definitely someone I would like to target because I think he just provides a great value and should see a big workload going to next year. Perfect, perfect. Uh, let's move along here. Hypothetical trade. This is rumored that the 49ers offered a second, fourth, and Jimmy G for Kirk Cousins with the Vikings. Let's briefly talk about this because this trade has not happened, but if it were to happen, how do you guys see Kirk Cousins' impact in San Francisco with the likes of George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk, Steve? Quickly, honestly, I, I don't see much of a change. The only thing that I see here is that you're getting a guy who's healthy and is not injury-prone. In terms of the quarterback play, I think Kirk Cousins and Jimmy G are on similar levels when Jimmy G actually plays a full season. Jimmy G, like two years ago, Nate, and you know this, during that Super Bowl run, he was a fantastic quarterback. 
Uh, he was making great throws. He had a, I think he was like number one in terms of deep ball, uh, deep ball accuracy. I mean, he was doing well. It's just that his issue is staying healthy. And you bring a guy like Kirk Cousins in here, who is really good when he gets protection and really good when they have play action plays, similar to G- Jimmy G. And I don't think it's much of a difference. I don't. The only thing I see is that these skilled players that we all love in fantasy that you just mentioned will have a consistent quarterback, or you can assume that he's going to have an assistant, assistant quarterback. Uh, all season long, I think Kirk Cousins missed like one game since 2015. So, all right, Meg, what what do you see happening here with either Kirk Cousins of the 49ers or Jimmy G on the Vikings? I don't really know what what the 49ers are thinking, other than maybe just looking for a more healthy quarterback. Could also maybe see Coach Shanahan wanting Cousins just because they were in Washington together. Maybe they kind of have a they'll have a connection there. But really, as far as like skill level goes, I. I really don't think Cousins is much of an upgrade, um, but if you are talking about health, then yeah. I mean, Jimmy G is a good quarterback, but the guy cannot stay healthy. So I'm sure that's something the 49ers are thinking about and and wanting someone that can you know stay on the field and not not always get hurt. So that's the only thing that really makes sense to me because skill wise, it, it's really not much of an upgrade, and you know. Uh, Last year, the the 49ers were were beat up in in all of the positions. So it's not like they've been doing bad because of Jimmy G. Like there's been a lot of different issues. So getting rid of Jimmy G for Kirk Cousins really, I feel like isn't going to be isn't going to like solve all their problems. Yeah, you guys have a point there. I think similarly, the the talent is there, but when it comes to fantasy, I think if Kirk Cousins were to land in San Francisco, we would see a big boost from Debo Ayuk. Not kill so much, but uh, Kittle is kind of quarterback-proof at this point. But last season, the combination of Jimmy G, Nick Mullins, and C.J. Bethard threw for 4,320 yards. So that's about right around what uh, Cousins did last year at 4265. So there's that, but the big difference here is the touchdowns. The combination of those three quarterbacks scored are threw for 25 touchdowns compared to the 35 that Kirk Cousins threw last season. And if we took Jimmy G's five-game pace that he was on last season before he got injured, he was only uh, in a line for 266 completions, 3,238 yards, and 22 touchdowns. Fantasy-wise, I think there would be a big difference there, but in, in terms of you know actual NFL skill, I don't think there's a big change happening if that were to happen. And honestly, if Jimmy G were to go to Minnesota, I think there's a big boost for Dalvin Cook, who could be the RB1 next year. Anyways, Jimmy G, if you listen to this, put your babies inside me. But let's uh, move forward. <laughs> <laughs> let's move forward. You guys know how I feel about Jimmy G. Move forward. Let's just talk briefly about some possible landing spots for two bigger name quarterbacks. Start with Meg. Where do you see Deshaun Watson playing quarterback next season? Uh, I could see Miami really going after him. I feel like that that could be the landing spot. I What I would want to see happen, I, I feel like I could see him go to... So Washington, I feel like Washington is really kind of making a comeback. Um, They've got some good weapons and I feel like he could fit in nicely there. But if I had to pick, I feel like whatever ends up happening, uh, the Dolphins are probably going to are probably going to be able to get him. All right, Stephen, you can't say the Dolphins. (laughs) (laughs) That was really unfair. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I get Megan's take on the Dolphins. I do. I'm not a fan of it. If you, if you look at what the Dolphins coaching staff real quickly is doing, they're setting up similar schemes to what Tua did back in college. Uh, they brought in Chandling Fry as his quarterback coach and the way they're co-offensive coordinators. 
weird to say. I, I just don't see it happening. I wouldn't be shocked, but I just I don't see it happening. But for me, I have I like Carolina. I think Carolina has the best setup for them to stay somewhat competitive, but give up high draft picks. I think they have the offense already set up. We all know that outside of the tight end position. And even the Ian Thomas would be really good if he actually had a quarterback, possibly. And if the Panthers could somewhat give their first round pick up this year, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and maybe a first round pick the following year, and get a guy like Deshaun Watson in there who has a fun toys to play with. I mean, that offense is going to look fantastic. And for terms of fantasy, I think it's, it makes the perfect sense. And to get the Carolina Panthers to the next spot, it just it's just great. All right, I'm going New York Jets with mine. Robert Sala was probably the hottest head coach commodity this offseason, which went to New York. They have that number two pick where they can move that for Houston to, you know, hit the reset button, get themselves a Justin Fields or a, a Zach Wilson there with number two pick. So they're not really, I know they're taking a step back because Deshaun Watson is elite talent, but you're getting your quarterback of the future uh, and then say some, some additional picks, maybe Sam Darnold thrown in there. But I really like New York Jets. I think this is going to be a place a lot of, I'm not going to say top tier free agents want to go to but i think they're going to be uh, a quick turnaround there players love to play for salah he's emotional he's invested and uh if you trade for deshaun watson you know you're gonna get some guys to go there one more guy Derek carr uh and meg you oh, wait do i start meg last time yeah steven you start with this where's where's Derek carr gonna play quarterback next year to be honest i don't really see him moving i know teams have inquired about him but i just don't see who the raiders take in to switch a quarterback. I mean, I, I just don't see a better option for them unless they're trading for Deshaun Watson. That would be my kind of biggest think of where he could possibly go that the Raiders would actually trade him to because they would get a guy like Deshaun Watson in there. But outside of that, I, I don't really see him leaving, even though there's a lot of rumors and stuff going around. Meg? Yeah, I actually kind of agree. I I was really surprised when I heard those rumors because I, I really don't see him going anywhere. Um, and I, I don't even really... I, I was thinking about it. I don't even know where he would go or where he would fit in it. I could see like the Chicago Bears or something like getting him just because I feel like the Bears have had kind of bad luck with their quarterbacks. And so I'm not a huge car fan. So I like I could see the Bears going after kind of a mediocre quarterback like Carr. But ultimately, I don't I don't really see him going anywhere. Um, I think he'll stay in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think the uh, it points to him staying, but if I'm going to say he's going somewhere, it be New England. I think he's a perfect New England guy. He's a pretty underrated quarterback, in my opinion, but put him in New England there in a system where Bill Belichick needs to do something. He can't just keep treading water like this as Tom Brady has already gone to a Super Bowl in this uh, divorce that we saw. So uh, I think Derek Carr could make a, a pretty good you know, change of things up in New England. And real quick, guys, if you were to throw a percentage chance on, say, uh, a Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers not playing for the Falcons or Packers respectively next year, what would you give it? Zero. There's no chance they move? I don't think they do. I think that the Packers need Rodgers right now, and I I just don't see the reason. I just don't see where we're going with the Falcons giving up Matt Ryan. You know, there's been sources to say that. He's, he's not moving him, so I, I just don't see it happening. Am I getting chance they move? I'll go with maybe like 1%, just so I'm not always copying Steven's opinion, even though it's <laughs> truly how I feel. I think that I would say a 0% for, for Aaron Rodgers. I think Green Bay will do whatever they can to keep him. And even though he seems to kind of get angry easily, I think that deep down, like, 
he knows that probably staying with Green Bay is the best move for him. And so I don't see him going anywhere. I, I could see maybe Matt Ryan, Ryan maybe going somewhere like, but again, it's 1%. Um, I think he's, he's kind of getting a little washed up. If he, if he were to go to a different team, I could see him kind of being like a, for a mentor for maybe like a younger quarterback, but Ultimately, I, I I think he'll also stay with Atlanta. All right, you heard it here first. Matt Ryan will be starting quarterback with San Francisco 49ers next season. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, just my inside sources told me so. Just just watch for that, and then uh, clip this clip this part of the podcast so uh, uh, we can we can share it on Twitter when it actually happens. Let's talk Super Bowl real quick. Meg, who wins Super Bowl? What's the score and who wins MVP? I'm going to say that the Chiefs win score. I haven't really come up with a final answer yet, but for this sake, I'll go with 31 to 17 Chiefs. Ooh. I'm going to go I'm going to go out and say that Tom Brady has two interceptions. Ooh. And I'm going to say that Mahomes will win the MVP. All right, Steven. I got 35-24 Chiefs at Mahomes is MVP once again. Was he MVP the first time? I think he was. Uh, but that that's what I'm I going. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, I know. Nathan <laughs> nightmares from that from last year. I don't want to talk about quick, it. Real quick, before you go, uh, I just want people to know, uh, there's some rumored text messages out there from uh, Andrew Luck's wife saying that he's coming back next year. Yeah, so, I did see that. I did see that. That'd be... Uh, insane if you were to go back to that Colts roster I had picked them up in all my dynasty leagues just this week so I'm hoping it'd be great yeah that's a roster ready to compete you know offensive line defense everything so you, you slap you slap luck in there and they got some good things but my Super Bowl prediction is the Buccaneers win 38 to 34 Tom Brady MVP and then he retires on top with ring number seven all right, guys, that is it for uh, this edition of the We Know Fantasy Podcast. Before we sign off, Stephen, where people find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me over on Twitter at Coach Stephen P. And Meg? You can find me on Twitter at M-E-G-H-A-H-A-N. All right, and as always, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Uh, besides this podcast, check out the Dynasty and Debbie podcast presented by our main guys, Will and Nick, that talk just that, Dynasty and Debbie, throughout the offseason. Some great content. Those guys really know their stuff. Visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for some more fancy sports content. And until next time, guys, we'll see you.